Taco Palenque fans, we have something special for you. Try the Casero Taco now for only $2.75 Monday through Thursday. Flavor packed with premium sirloin rice and refried beans. Only at Taco Palenque. At participating locations for limited time, not valid for delivery. Other restrictions may apply. From a top secret network of highly secure locations across South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider, brought to you as always by Taco Palenque. I am your host, Mike Finger, joined by Express News Spurs beat writer Jeff McDonald, Express News sports editor Nick Talbot, and alas, sadly, we are without the great Tom Ringo Starr Orsborn this week, who is on his way to the great cold north in Minnesota. He uh, valiantly, uh, uh, selflessly uh, volunteered to take the week off. We're, we're going to forge on without him. We're going to do our best. We have uh, a week of not as many games to talk about, but there's always something to talk about in Spurs land. Jeff McDonald, do you have any suggestions on where we should start with the, uh, the team you cover in the midst of its second longest losing streak of all time? First of all, can we just give one more shout out to Tom, who got the uh, who got the pleasure of this surprise trip to Minnesota in the middle of December? Yeah, is, you, you don't you don't want it's like a lump of coal in your stocking. But Tom loves every road trip. He'll 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 find uh, he'll find ways to make the most. I think of he, he was always... sec- I think he was secretly rooting for L.A. and so that's just like a double whammy. No L.A. and also Minnesota. Yeah, poor Tom. We'll, we'll pour one out for him. Yep. Where um, where do we start without him? Uh, where we start without him is like the the big screw job, I think. The, I'm the, I'm I'm at a loss here. The, the Victor Wimbanyama got screwed out of Rookie of the Month. That's oh what, my gosh! That's what all the that's what all the fans. I mean, it, I, I agree with them. I mean, my goodness, what 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 is the league thinking on that? Uh, you can you can take this. I I've. I'm being a little I, facetious, but um, I, well, yes, but go ahead and take it because I just uh, am bored by almost every award in the sports world. Um, so this is more a, a topic for you. What to do you want to talk? I've about? given it. I've given no. Go ahead. I've, uh, it's it's good. It's a good idea. You want to talk uh, about but, like uh, they lost him? They lost to New Orleans again because it was the same yeah. game they always play. No, this it's good. Rehash that if you want. This is why. The the whole NBA media ecosystem is 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 based on debating MVP all year and these because there's nothing to player do. of the month player of the week Simmer. like it's good podcast fodder to debate each way but like the the awards are so silly it's just people voting on stuff uh, that's how we that, that that's that shouldn't be how NBA seasons are are decided that should be how college football sure. championships are decided <laughs> just, just dudes just dudes voting on stuff and deciding who they think the best team is rather than All right, well, the stuff on the court let's, but anyway let's, do your chet versus let's, wimby let's fla- let's flash forward let's flash forward to 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 the spring do we so do you care at all who wins rookie of the year or you just don't care mildly more than than I care about rookie of the month because to me Uh, this is sort of a prelude to the debate that is going to rage when when the actual rookie of the year comes up yeah sure yeah let's let's be part of the ecosystem and it's a different different electorate right like the people voting on rookie of the year at the end of the year are are is the media uh for all I know um 
you know, the rookie of the month is just some guy just picks at the at the league. That's 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 decided by the league. Mm-hmm. So it's two different electorates. But I think the um, debate is really, um, I mean, Chet won because of efficiency, right? Like, I mean, that's why he he's he's ahead in that race is efficiency. Victor, Spurs fans will look at it and say, "Well, Victor leads rook, all rookies in like every stat." scoring rebounding Counting stats right steals blocks um and in steals and blocks he's he's up at the top of the leaderboard of the whole league you know not just rookies mm-hmm. um and he leads chet in all those categories um the real main difference uh, there's two main differences one of them i see as legitimate and one of them I, I don't know um chet's shooting percentages are a lot better his his efficiency is a lot better and if that's what you're, if that's if if that's the reason for a, a voter to put Chet over Wimby as the top rookie, then I'll I'll buy it. I suppose assist but, to turnover as well. Assist to turn all all those all those stats that nobody cares about. Yeah, all the fancy uh, all the fancy <laughs> ones. Uh-huh. All the fancy ones with fancy names like Raptor or Road Plus Minus PER Win Share. Yeah, yeah, I think most of those are made those. up. They're all made up. Um, but I, I think <laughs> all stats. I, I, like I do, all words. I do wonder if Chet gets a bump because he's on a better team, and if that's the case, I don't know if that is so fair when you're judging rookies. That that's my only little quibble or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know. It might be a subconscious thing. I know as a voter in the end of the year awards, when I'm looking at like MVP and All NBA, I'll start with like who's on the better team. Because if you're an All NBA player, your team shouldn't you know be in last place. To me, you're not an, you're not good you're not good enough as an All NBA player. If your team is in last place, but for rookies, I don't think that 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 criteria really should should qualify, because if you're a one, two, three pick, you're going to join the worst team in the league anyway. Chet happened to sit out a year, um, where he number one, Chet happened to join a team that already had an All Star in SGA, and he got to sit out a year. The team gets to build an extra year without him. So I mean, those are the rules. He's still a rookie. He's still eligible. But he's not a rookie rookie in the way that that Victor is, where the whole thing is being built around him. So I think they're in two different situations. It depends on what you value. Um, And if you're going to tell me Chet's rookie of the month and gets rookie of the year because he's more efficient and and his counting stats are in the ballpark as Victor's, that's fine. But if, if, if this thing where he's on a better team starts to seep into it, I don't think that's fair when judging rookies. That's my opinion. In the Holmgren household, his his folks, his his apartment in Oklahoma City or his mansion, whatever it is, where do you think the uh, rookie of the month certificate is displayed? Is that going to be a part of his? Is that is that going to be something he's going to treasure Probably for his life? Also, uh, and I, uh, also, um, how many months did did Timmy win rookie of the month? I have zero clue because I do probably not care. all of them. <laughs> probably all of them. Yeah, he probably, probably all did. of them. It's just what are we doing? And 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 yes, we're creating content. We're having this debate, but these these voting things. College sports is that way. I get my email uh, box is just full this time of year of finalists for like left tackle of the year award, which everyone has to vote on. You know, backup I think linebacker. It's Chet the, yes. I think Chet Holmgren wins that one. That, the outside linebacker of he the blocks of more the region. It's just assistant coach of the year. Why are we voting on this nonsense? Um, but it's something to talk about. 
It's something to well, talk about. Uh, I, I do think that we mentioned on this podcast a week ago that I, th- I think it was sort of all four. Tom was around all four of us sort of not in an agreement that Victor wasn't going to win that award, right? Like that that Chet was the leader for the Rookie of the Year through the first month. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, was, uh, I, I, I don't want to speak for Tom because he's like in the air somewhere over St. Louis right now. But I, I think... Uh-huh. Just talking yesterday at the practice, Tom was surprised Victor didn't win it. Huh. Well, I guess this I mean, is he leads the, he leads all rookies in every category you could possibly count that you've ever heard of. That doesn't that's, have a weird that doesn't have a weird uh, acronym. I don't know if shooting percentage, shooting percentage. Well, okay, <laughs> but no one ca- who cares about shooting percentage. Turnovers. What's it? But what difference does it make? Who, who cares? No one cares about that. Points and and, and rebounds, don't get this twisted where the whole thing. Don't get this twisted where it's uh, you know, fingers anti Wimby or whatever. I I wanna I cannot stress this enough. I do not care. <laughs> but also I'm not outraged by this in any way, shape, or form. I would I wouldn't have cared if Wimby won. It's fine. Uh same. Okay. Same. Uh this is this is terrible podcast content to not care, but I just terrible. don't. Just hey, care. but we got well, we got ten minutes. It's hard for us to care about that war. This you know doesn't really make a big difference in the grand scheme of things because the rookie of the year is the one that only matters. The people that really care or the listeners at home, um, they get riled up about anything that's our know, job is to care about what the might, fans might be care disparaging about. Disparaging to the Spurs, but like if if Chet Holmgren hadn't won the Thunder, the Thunder fans are gonna be upset as well, right? They they think Chet Holmgren should win because he has better shooting percentages. They're that's and they're winning. They're going to make the exact opposite argument that Jeff's making on the on the shooting percentages not mattering. Um, what are, what are those? That's just the way. That's going. the way it is, and that's why it's that's why it's fodder because the fans care about this. Even if as media members, we know in the grand scheme, this doesn't this doesn't make a difference, especially when you're with a three and sixteen. Because what else do you have to care about right now? Yeah, let's so let's move on with the podcast and talk about things no one cares about. Go ahead. Oh, I do want to. Um... Well, I, I just the last thing on that is I get that a big part of Spurs fandom is that everybody's out to get us and that no one respects us, and uh, this sort of feeds into that. So maybe I, I sort of understand. Uh, no, maybe like, a I, I think people care because a the team is three and a hundred, and then there's nothing else to care about, and b this is the one thing. I mean, maybe related to that. This is the one thing like the Spurs fans have to hang their hat on this year is we've got this great rookie, you know, and mm-hmm. we we want the best for him. And now he's not even winning rookie of the month. Yeah. Well, that's why had, they care. If he had a point guard like SGA or even half of SGA, he probably would have won rookie of the month. I mean, if Chet set out this year, Oklahoma City, City I'm not saying Chet is not, is not, you know, contributing to their record and their wins. He obviously is. But I still think they were on an upward trajectory with or without him. Like they were already well into this wheel rebuilding process that he joined. They didn't draft Chet to build around him. They were already building. Whereas Victor's a guy the Spurs drafted to build around, and that takes longer, and it's it's not going to look the same. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying one's better or worse. I'm just saying it's not going to look the same, and it's probably not fair to judge those two people the same, except for the fact that they're both rookies and they're both up for the same award. That's fair. That's fair. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> While we make this segue, and and I want to preface this by saying that I really appreciated this um, email, this entire um, 
the thought that went into the person who sent this, but it's it's a listener who's been a, a longtime subscriber of the Express News, uh, which we we really really appreciate. And, and just any just other say it's your mom. Just say any it's other your mom. any other listeners. Any other listeners who want to subscribe to the Express News can do that at expressnews.com. Sign up for the Spurs Nation newsletter. Um, all that stuff. That's great. But uh, this this person says that uh, last week your podcast is going downhill. And the, 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 the last few have been hard to listen to because we talk too much about pop booing and that we should talk more about basketball analysis. What weakness is losing the games? Poor shooting, turnovers, bad defensive assignments. What about the bench? Why aren't we seeing Wesley with Trey being hurt? Is he developing? Is Bassey the best choice as backup center? Is the team worth worse with Wimby off the floor? Um, he says, not saying you have to be completely serious, but whatever the pot has been doing the last few weeks isn't working. I think that is valuable uh, feedback. Um I just, I, I'm not sure that um, we have it in us to answer all those analysis questions. I'm not no, sure give them to me one day. at a time. Give them to <laughs> me one at a time. Okay. What weakness is losing games, Jeff? This is where we're going to get into X's and O's. O's and X's, as Pop says. All right. Uh, yeah. What, know, what weakness is losing games? And I'm not mocking this at all. I think it's a valuable feedback. If this is what the, what the listeners want, we should try to give it to them. I think this is valuable. So, what weakness is losing games? They're, they're not. Don't very be. Good. Don't be a smart aleck. They're not Do very we... good. Okay. All right. They can't play. That defense. was almost too broad. There's they can't play. They can't play defense. Um, they they don't have uh, enough guys that have been there and done that to 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 hold on to the leads and and finish off the games that they do have. Um, there's usually about a three or four minute stretch in a lot of these games that where the game just gets away and they can't get it back. And a lot of it is just. Uh, learning. So I don't know if there's O's and X's for me to get into, but defensively, they're one of the worst teams in the league and they just don't have the experience to hold on to leads when they get them or close out games when they're, when they're right there. Okay. That's, that's good. That. Okay. What's the and next he, Well, the, 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 he, he had some suggestions for what weakness is losing games. Oh, okay. Uh, is it, is it poor shooting turnovers, yes. bad defensive assignments? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, bad defensive assignments. Blow. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but maybe just maybe mean, just bad defensive blowing, 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 blowing assignments. Or yeah, probably, is it more scheme, or is it effort, or is it execution? And you're going to say yes. You're going to well, do the Mac Brown I, thing I, and say I, yes. <laughs> right. I don't think it's effort, really. I do think there are moments in some of these games where where they get punched in the mouth after they've lost five games in a row, and you can almost see in the body language that there's like, ah, oh, here we go again. And there's like a five-minute stretch where they sort of let go of the rope. And then a lot of times they get back and start playing hard again, and that's why they get back in the game. So I don't think it's like a 48-minute lack of effort, but I do think occasionally there are times within within the guts of games where it's not like they're not trying hard. It's that they it's almost they break psychologically. Okay. All right, I'm moving on. Uh, what about the bench? Why aren't we seeing Wesley with Trey being hurt? This is kind of uh, – this is a bit dated because Trey is dated. healthy again. But part of the reason why we weren't seeing Wesley is because they just, uh, they're, they're, like we've mentioned this before, Wesley has been underwhelming so far since being yes. drafted, correct? Yes, yes. And I, I hate to talk ill of the man. I, I like him. But mm -hmm. 
from what we saw in the preseason, what what I assume the coaches are seeing in practices, he doesn't look a whole lot different than last year uh, in terms of dis- decision making and finishing at the rim and and shooting. I think he's a very good athlete, and I think that's what the Spurs saw, sort of saw him in the draft, saw in him in the draft, and was hoping they could polish him up. But I don't think that's happened um, happened yet. Like every every time he does get an opportunity, it just doesn't seem to happen for him. It doesn't seem to work out for him. Is Bassey the best choice as backup center? Who's the next choice? I don't. Who I don't didn't know there was anyone else to choose from. Really, I suppose you could. But go my like answer is Mom. yes. I I'm actually very very high on Charles Bassey for what he is. I sort of agree. You know what I mean? Like he'll, I'll, sometimes I feel like he's the only dude out there rebounding. Mm-hmm. Um, only dude out there trying to defend. I mean, every time it's sort is of he like still shooting seventy percent. Uh, probably. I mean, he was four for four and in, in, in surprised me. <laughs> well, I didn't look it up today. Well, how many games have they played since we last talked? Because in New yeah, Orleans, he was four for four. So he's yeah. probably shooting better than that now. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of, well, with a lot, with almost every player, it's like, what do you expect of them? And we didn't, you know, I think when they signed Charlie Bassey, you didn't really expect much of them. I mean, like he, they, they got, got him for nothing. Him, yeah, they got him for nothing. They found him on the scrap heap. And so if he gives you anything, you're sort of impressed by it. And so that's probably where I am. Like, oh, this guy they found from nothing is actually a pretty good rebounder. And, oh, he's blocking shots. Um, you know, I I, I think yeah, I, I, I'm – for what he is, San- I'm, a Char- I'm a Charlie Bassey. San- I guess Sandro Mamo Kalashvili would be the uh, – I guess. Another option there. Is he a center? I don't know. I don't really count him as a center. Could go small. Let, let Mamo really cook. Let Mamo cook. Is the team worse with Wimby off the floor? Yes. Yes. Okay. Go, go, go. I think Next. that's the case. I think that's the case with uh, with every great player. Uh, and maybe if you, I, I don't know, I I, I, I don't know uh, what there what there is to say about that, uh, because clearly Wemby is a difference making player, um, and they need him. I guess this is not what he asked, but we could go back to the season long discussion of his minutes, the way he's being used. I think uh, the, the the two games that the Spurs played since our last podcast were a back-to-back against the Atlanta Hawks and DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, where Trey just went crazy and rallied the Hawks from a 15-point deficit to pull away down the stretch. Um, Wimby that day was questionable due to right hip tightness and ended up playing, but he ended up playing fewer than his usual workload. Pop said they were trying to protect him. And then he did take off his first game of the season at New Orleans the next night. But um, again, just shifting to to Wimby usage and on and off the floor, he's he hasn't played as much as like Giannis um, or Jokic, but he's still playing like 30 minutes a night. And I think he's been in, he's played all but one game. And I think based on common expectations before the season started, I think he's played more than people might've thought. Um, and I think he'll play more as the season progresses, but I don't think it's a case of the Spurs, uh, uh limiting him to a, like a prohibitive degree. Uh, what, what what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think he and I, I I agree. I mean, I think what I think a lot of people thought he would sit a lot for some reason, and he obviously yeah. hasn't. That never made and, sense. And sometimes when you talk, I mean, I'm just thinking about um, 
when you talk to other people or, or other players, not with the Spurs, about so when I was talking to Davis Bertans in Oklahoma City, one of the things I asked, I just asked the open-ended question, like, what do you, what do you, what do you think of this kid Victor Wembanyama that's playing for the Spurs? And the first thing he said was, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised he's he's played as much as he has. Like he's been able to play as much as he has because coming from come from France, they don't play every other day. They don't play back to backs. Probably the amount of games he's played already, he's getting close to a full season over there. And Dov said, I've been impressed with his durability and the way he's been able to hold up and and show up night after night after night. So I, I think that is something that um, people find um, impressive. Right about the time we were recording this podcast, we got a got a release from the the Rockets about um, assigning Amen Thompson to the G League. I know that's injury related, but you know they're the the typical rookies have those periods where they're either not playing or, you know, taking some G league time. And Thompson was a top four, top five pick. Uh, I think R- Wimby's played as much as everybody except for, uh, except for Chet. So yeah. uh, Thompson, Thompson's uh, brother is actually playing pretty well. He has, he has, uh, those, those guys are, what, are what's, well. what's his Raptor. <laughs> I was well, not, he's not getting votes. Uh, yeah. We, we will see. All right. Are there any more boring questions? Oh, let me uh, let me go uh, back to that. I can go up, uh, answer a couple of questions that we addressed on the podcast. We were saying whether or not uh, Charles Bassey was still shooting above 70, 70%. I looked it up. He is shooting 72.5%. There you go. Uh, interestingly enough, he has a 17.8 per PER. I know advanced stats for some people. Uh, that is the same as Victor Wimbayama. Can I go back and answer the question then about Charles Bassey? What was the question? Is he the best option? What's that? What's is he the yes. best choice as backup Who's center? The best choice. Okay, I'm changing my answer to no. He should be the starting center. How about that? <laughs> no, he's he's. I think that's a great uh, find. I think that I remember we were on the road somewhere um, when it was a shoot around when we found out that hey, uh, Spurs are going to be grabbing Bassey off the old waiver wire today, and. He thought, oh, well, what you know, this it's this it's it's some it's a nice note for the notebook today, but I'm not sure that's going to matter. Yeah, he was he was a two way. It was a, it was a two way contract at first. Yeah, but they signed him to first, so it was kind of like who, not who cares, but it was right mostly irrelevant. I mean, it was just it was it was but now it's dark. now it's become like he's he's a guy you don't mind sticking around for a while. And he's not this might be the best he ever is in terms of I shouldn't say the best he ever is, but it it it. it could be the biggest role he has, backup center. I don't think he's ever going to move up. He's under contract for four years. He'll be around. Yeah. He might, he might yeah. outlast Wimby. Who knows? Let's start that rumor. I don't think he'll ever be your problem. I don't think it'll ever right. be like, wow, you right. need to. They need to do something right. like Charlie Bassey. And you, you know, like if how? you do, if you do stumble into a better backup center at some point, that's fine too. He can be yeah. third team or whatever. But I think he's fine where he is. Anyway, what are any more boring questions for us to answer? Again, they weren't boring. They weren't boring. They, they, you know, this was this gave us something I, to talk about. I don't know. You week. were talking about this or that, and I, 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 I think I fell asleep there for a while. I guess. Well, he's he, he sums up he, again. I want to reiterate. I, I appreciate feedback like this. I'm not. I'm not dismissing it. Maybe we do need to get in more into the nuts and bolts. I'm not sure that's why our our legions of listeners tune in to get into the minutia of Blake Wesley and Charlie Bassey, but sure, every now and then, why not? As as Bill from Kerrville, who we appreciate a lot, longtime subscriber, listener for at least three years, he says, he says, not saying you have to be completely serious, 
Um, and he says, I'm an old fart, so maybe my impressions may not be representative of most of your listeners. But either way, appreciate the note. Really appreciate you tuning in, all the people who tune in every week. And we can uh, we can try to do a little something for everybody. You know, that was, a, week, that, was a, that was a fair email. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And, and that's appreciate. fair. Yeah. Well, one interesting stat here is, uh, as answering Bill's question here, uh, the worst lineup for the Spurs has Wimbiyama. One Bayama in it at minus thirty three, and the best one has them in it at plus twenty two. So, who are with them in the worst one? Uh that's it's as expected. It's the, it's the starting team. five. It's the starting five. It's the starting five. It's Collins, Johnson, Vassell, Sohan, and Wimby. And the best one is the same lineup, not quite the same lineup. It's Johnson, Vassell, Trey Jones, Sohan, and Wimbyama. So just Trey Trey subbed in for for Sohan. No, no, for, for Zach. For Zach, I see. Great for Zach. Wimby at the five. Wimby at the five. Wimby at the five is the best lineup. And then the second best lineup is Doug McDermott, City Osman, Bassey, Trey Jones, and Wimby. See, that's the that's the um kind of hang up with those stats is it de- it depends on who you're playing against. And right. I have a feeling and I do think that the Wimby at the center, Trey Jones at point guard, Jeremy Sohan at Power forward probably is a better lineup, but the, the that lineup that's their worst that's their worst is always playing against the other team's best, and that factors into it. You know, statistically, uh, right now with with these lineups, and when you look at these plus minuses and everything, and you know, this is one reason you don't see a lot of real plus minus talk early on in the season. This is getting way too in front of the stats here. Uh, is that the statistical sample is not very large right now? We're talking about sixteen minutes together, or eight minutes together. They don't really, you can't really take these things and look at them. And that's why the coaches don't care that much. Uh, really, until like past the All Star break and before they really statistically matter. Well, what, 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 what I'm curious about though is d- does that show um, total, the, the total number of minutes played? Yes, it does. It does. It does. So, what, so, so this is, this is good. The, that starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Look, give, give me give me the total minutes played for that, and then the total minutes played for the one with Trey Jones subbing out for Zach Collins. How close, what is, are those numbers? It is eighty eight minutes versus sixteen. Eighty eight minutes through through nineteen games here. That's what it says. That that cannot be right. That's what it. Well, the starting you're... lineup has played eighty eight minutes together in nineteen games. That is that's that cannot be right. Well, 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 Devin's missed some, mm-hmm. I guess. You know, so, and, and usually when you're talking about the starting lineup playing together, a lot of times it's five minutes to start the first half, five minutes to start the second half, and then it gets all jumbled. Five I mean, times 19 is, is, is a hundred is 95. That's already more. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, but I think but those then, numbers then, are off. But then, but then you also factor in that Devin's missed yeah, this, they've heard of the games. They played Victor's 10 games one. together. The Jeremy's playing in ten games together for okay. eighty-eight minutes is what so the stats are. Which is eighty-eight games. When you look at these things, I don't know why. Well, that's an extremely tiny sample, and I'm yeah. I'm skeptical of uh, of those numbers. But I will uh, anyway. I'll, 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 let's just move on. I suppose. Wimby at the five, since that was brought up. Uh, you know, we sat there after practice yesterday, waiting to talk to Wimby. And I'm learning when it's a Wimby day, like when they tell you to be there at at, at noon, it's going to be one because. Uh-huh. That dude's insane and will will work out with like it like an army of coaches for an hour after the game after after practice. Like like 
everyone else will do their little individual work and one by one they'll start to head to the locker room. Wimby's still there for a full hour. Um, but yesterday we watched him working on like post footwork and entry and you know what to do with an entry pass and how to keep a guy well, it was all it was all Wimby at the five step yesterday. Whereas a lot of times you'll see him just working on ball handling or, or those little actions where he's getting elbow jumpers or, or three pointers. Um, this is the first time that I recall there's been a lot of post work. So maybe there's some more Wimby at the five minutes to come. I kind of wonder. I, I I think we all know the reason he doesn't play a lot of five is like what what centers is, is he going to guard? You know. I was thinking of it the other day, like he didn't play in New Orleans, but who would he have guarded if he had played if he had started that game in New Orleans? Because he's not guarding Zion and he's not guarding Valanchunas. And then if he doesn't, who's guarding those guys? Like that would have been a weird, weird, weird matchup. So I don't know. It would have been fun to see that we're eventually, as NBA observers, going to see some Zion versus Wimby. Games. See, I think I think Wimby would have guarded. I think Wimby would have might have guarded Ingram, and you make yeah. like Keldon do it against Zion. Like, there's no real good answer there at this point. Yeah, um, but that's going to be fun at some point. Just two really different bodies, uh, two physical freaks uh, going at each other, and that could happen for a long time if they if they stay healthy. Uh, the the other thing, just to continue the analysis that the basketball O and X. All right, well, then can, we, the can we get back want. to Yuck Yucks after that? Yeah, after that, we can get to Yuck Yucks. Okay. But the, hey. Wimby, Wimby sp- started that Atlanta game basically playing. He, he was guarding the center and and doing more of that in, in that game when the Spurs jumped out to a lead, if you were watching that closely. I think they're going, we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to, they see that that's a, uh, a matchup they can exploit. They can do some more fun stuff with, with him being inside. Uh, I think that helps the defense in a way too, to have him in the middle rather than roaming around. But again, that's, that's just some ONX. We're not going to do ONX all podcast, every podcast. But is, is, is pop the only person you've ever heard call them O's and X's? Yeah. I, yeah and I, it always, it always makes me smile because he's very consistent with that. He's been consistent yes. for t- yes. for 20 years. Yes. <laughs> he's, yes. Gone, he's gone. We don't care about the O's and the X's. Uh, it's I don't know of anybody else that, that puts it that way. There must have been a coach like the Hank Egan must have put it that way. I, I, I think he's, Air, Air I think he's Academy. I think he's big on alphabetical order. And that makes sense. All right, I have, okay. Can we get back to the yuck yuck now? Yeah, we're winding it down. So all right, well, well I have, here's, I have a go to I, a big finish. I have a fun question. A fun well, question. In that hour, while we were sitting around waiting to talk to Victor Wimbanyama, you know how you get bored with uh-huh. the uh, and you just start making up all kinds of crazy conversation topics with your fellow scribes and TV uh-huh. people and bloggers and podcasters. Uh-huh. So the, the question we came up for, for each individual person, it's, it's an individual answer for each person. You have to decide mm-hmm. what your answer is, but uh, of every male player that is in the Naismith basketball hall of fame right now, mm-hmm. how old does one of them have to be that you could beat them one-on-one in a game of basketball to 11? Well, my my answer is going to be much different than exactly. That was that. It's all individual. <laughs> like like, um, I I had to go with ninety five year old Bob Cousy, because I yeah. think even eighty five year old Oscar Robertson or eighty five year old Jerry West is probably cool with me. Um, but like I I think I specifically see it's not fair for me because I haven't really 
like touched a basketball in 20 years. So my answer is going to be different than someone such as yourself that, that, you know, plays more than Victor Wimbanyama. I play, I still play. I'm, I'm a 46 year old man who still gets up and down the court twice a week. You could, do you think you could play playing five on five? Do you think a good teammate? Do you think you could beat an 85 year old Jerry West in a game of one-on-one to a hundred percent? And then this is not, this is not controversial. Okay. I'm not, that's fair because my, my answer with Kuzi was I could beat any 85 year old man on the planet in basketball. Uh Uh-huh. I think you probably could. And yeah. you you were you were a solid shooter off the bench for what Madison yeah. JV back in the day playing yeah, with yeah, Jeff yeah. Foster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I mean, a, I'm a 6'2", 46-year-old fella who's in decent shape for a 46-year-old fella who plays basketball twice a week. I think that what are what are the other what are the I'd, to me it's probably in the 60 range. The who are the 60-year-old Hall of Famers? Oh, uh, well, now I'm unprepared. Yeah, you, let me, I'm unprepared. Yeah, I threw out sixty-year-old Spud Webb on, see, on the for me, I didn't even bother looking at the six. I even threw out the Hall of Fame, and I asked, "Well, here's here." We started talking about it, and it's like, "Well, it'd have to be a guard. Like if it's somebody that's six nine, six ten, they're still just going to be able to back you down and score. Like like George Gervin, I still don't think I could be George Gervin, uh huh, because his, he would just have the size advantage. But um, so it'd have to be a guard. So we narrowed it down to that. And then I just for fun threw out the Nace, just the Hall of Smith Fame part. And then asked, could I beat a 60-year-old Spud Webb mm-hmm. at basketball? And the answer was, of course not. And apparently Spud is, uh, you know, no offense, has let himself go too. Yeah. Like he's he's not a little, uh, he's, he's not a skinny man anymore. But the consensus in the room was there's no way Jeff McDonald could beat 60-year-old Spud Webb at a game of one-on-one. And they're probably right. It depends. It, it honestly depends on on the 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 hall of famer or the former NBA player on what they've been doing. Um, because like, take like our game, it's, it's got kids in it. It's got 20 year olds and it's got, there's a, there's a 62 year old guy who played uh, back in the day with the metal lark lemon. And he's like taller than I am. He's like six, four. Uh, he's 62 in great shape. And we're like a good matchup. Like I have, all, I had the ultimate respect for 60 year old guys, this lifelong ballers who, um, like 60-year-olds can play. And and for sure, 60-year-old basketball Hall of Famers, if they've been playing, would wipe the floor with me. But if it's a guy who just has not been active at all and can barely walk around, like I, I think it's dependent. It's a fun exercise. I don't know what Spud Webb's been up to. All right. But I, th- I think I would say that I'll put it this way. There are probably 60-year-old Naismith basketball Hall of Famers who I could be in a one to one on one I just don't know who they are. Your job of the next week is to is to research that and tell me. Okay, okay. The, the last one is: Could you beat Pop in a game of one on one? Um, I, this is gonna get me in trouble, but I have a hundred percent, hundred hundred. There's there's no doubt. There's no. Uh, doubt. I I don't know if you could. Well, the the uh, funny part was is I I was pretty sure I could. Like I was saying I could, and then like literally within seconds we look out there and Pop is doing like. Uh, Defensive movements with with Victor and I was like ah never mind I can't he can he's he's yeah. still he's he can still move a little bit it's uh, that that that's that's an interesting thought experiment um, this is what you talk about when you're waiting an hour for Victor Wembanyama and the team is three and sixteen yeah yeah in, indeed uh, back to, to levity for the people that want stats because uh, Finger was wondering whether or not those stats were real so I looked at minutes for the three. Player lineups, mm-hmm. and uh, 
Your best three-player lineup is Devin Vassell, Trey Jones, and Victor Wimbayama on the floor at the same time. Uh-huh. And how many, how many minutes have they played? Uh, they have played only 95 minutes together. And your worst is uh, Collins, Vassell, and Sohan at minus 95, and they've played 172. Right behind that, at 266 minutes, is Collins, Sohan, and Wimbyama, and they're at minus three minutes, minus 93 minutes. So take that those are all, you will. Those are all the starting lineup combinations. That... Those are the three, yeah, but then with, yeah. with people shuffled out because we have injuries with, you know, Malachi's in there and, you know, Branham's in there, and he's the next next one with a minus one. Um, okay. So, then the, well, and that's, that's all. 24 minutes, so. That's all good to know. We had some levity. We had some silliness. We had some Tell Bob actual, Cousy I'm coming for him. I'm coming for Cousy. We had some, some O and X uh, uh, analysis, if you want to call it that. Uh, we have more games to talk about next week. We have Tom's trip to the Great White North. We have the Chicago Bulls and DeMar DeRozan coming into town on Friday. And the uh, a trip to the Houston Rockets next week, which I think Jeff is on. Is that right? That's correct. So we'll get we'll cover all that next Wednesday. Glad that everybody could be around this time. Send us challenge, your send challenge us your critiques, Calvin. your requests. Gonna, we were not going to do requests every week, but uh, we were happy to do it this time. Uh, what what did you want to say before I signed off, Jeff? I'm going to challenge Calvin Murphy to a game of one on one in Houston. That'll be great. I think he'll be better dressed than you are. That's the that's the lock of the of the week. Uh, also, I think he'd beat you eleven to one. Um, I think I get one. That's that's pretty great. I, I think you might be able to get one. Appreciate your um, So look forward to that. We'll talk about that next week. We will see you on the other side. Until then, take care of each other and keep it real. 